South Carolina State knocks off North Carolina Central in a monumental MEAC matchup, and we also look at some of the changes to the HBCU Top 10 rankings. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that your journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives pointed down to it perfectly on the youtube broadcast in today's episode of locked on hbcu is brought to you by sling tv sling has something for everybody and it is the perfect choice for college football pac-12 big 12 big 10 sec acc they have all the football that you possibly could want to watch during this season i love it and you'll love the price along with it try sling tv it is for everyone now i want to talk about the monumental miag matchup that i came up with that little alliteration right before we got going with today's episode i thought this game was amazing i thought it lived up to everything you could want it to be south carolina state knocked off north carolina central in what to date is the biggest Miak game of the season and when we look back on the season it could still be the biggest i genuinely believe these these teams are the two best in the conference even though both have had their lumps throughout the season so far i feel like these are the two best teams in the Miak. this is what coach pew said after the game coach pew said we knew we couldn't go out there and lose to central if we would have lost I think we will be sitting here, this was on Monday at the time that he said this, we will be sitting here talking about how we can prepare our team for the 2023 season. That's not hyperbolic. I said this on my short on Twitter. This is why we follow the Mouth of the South on South Exclusives on Twitter. I said it. They might have just won the MEAC, and that's not being hyperbolic. If I can say they, or if he can say that they might have just lost all chances of winning the MEAC by losing this game, I can say they might have won the MEAC by winning this game. This is a huge matchup, and honestly, I didn't need him to say that to know that was the mindset because I watched them play. Yeah, he said it, but the play showed a team that was hungry, a team that had the motivation to come out and show I'm still top dog in this conference. I don't care what's happened throughout the beginning of this year. We had a tough out-of-conference schedule. We took our lumps, but trust me, we did it, and we were here and we're prepared for conference play, the most important part of the season, and that's what they looked like. I called out Corey Fields because I felt like Corey Fields needed to step it up, but I didn't approach it that way, so I'm not about to act fake about it. When I, had called, when I called out Corey Fields, I called out Corey Fields in saying that North Carolina Central needed to force him to beat them consistently. 
That's that's not, I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I said, hey, man, you need to step it up for your team. No, I called out the opposition and said, make him step up. He did. He did step up. So you can't really knock his performance. Like, I honestly think that Corey Fields is the reason that they won this game because he was so efficient. This was the best game that I saw him play this year that I actually watched. This is the best game that I saw Shaq Davis play that I actually watched. The, these two players I thought were studs. You know, I thought that Fields did a great job distributing the ball. This is another thing that uh, Coach Pugh said. He said that Corey gave us some dimension on offense and allowed our team to keep the ball away from Central. He made some great plays and was able to complete passes to a number of different receivers, which, kept, which helped keep the defense off balance. I can't, I can elaborate, which I'm going to, but I can't sum it up any better than that. Corey Fields was really good on Saturday, guys, and he really impressed me. I was thoroughly impressed with everybody, but I want to focus on him because I focused on him on Friday or on Thursday, excuse me. This guy, I felt like he showed poise. I felt like he hit the deep ball with really good accuracy. He probably could have had three touchdowns, to be honest. Uh, well, Shaq Davis could have had three touchdowns. This was a really good game, and the reason I say it was Shaq Davis's best game is because he was active, early, often, and effective. I felt like they needed to make sure he was a part of the early game plan and making sure he got flowing. He had two big plays. He had the game-winning touchdown. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had the last touchdown of the game. I think that was his second touchdown. This, this, is, this is the game that I've been looking for out of Shaq Davis, and I finally got to see it. No one big play carrying it. No, he consistently worked to get his 6-for-116. And the, the communication that they had deep really allowed for Kendrell Flowers to flourish. And I don't mean in the running game. I mean through the passing game. That's what That was Fields' best two targets, right? He completed passes to nine different receivers. But those two were the best because he had the big plays to Shaq Davis. Then when it came time for Kendrell Flowers, he operated underneath. And both did it so effectively you couldn't forget about the other. So it couldn't be, all right, I'm just going to play deep because even when he checks down the flowers, it's not effective. It wasn't, I'm just going to crunch my defense down because we're not really worried about the deep shot. He's not hitting it accurately. He's not hitting it often. No, everything was on point. This was a great performance. And I also felt like North Carolina Central struggled to get out of their own way. They had five red zone drives, only scored twice. Multiple missed field goal attempts. Right. So they also had a touchdown that was taken away from penalty or by penalty that then resulted in a missed field goal attempt. And Davius Richard, that last interception, Dwayne Nichols did his thing. That was a great play. Don't get me wrong. That was an inexcusable interception. I don't say this to take away from Nichols's play at all. But that was an inexcusable turnover, especially from a quarterback of his caliber. You're down two points on the 10 yard line. And you forced the ball. It wasn't a, a break. He was there. It was well covered. That was Dwayne Nichols's great part. And then making the catch. He didn't have to make a great play on the ball. It was a boneheaded mistake from a player who I believe is much better than that. And knowing that situation, I don't know if maybe because they had already missed multiple field goals. Um, I don't know if maybe he felt like South Carolina State was going to be able to drive down and get a field goal, which would have then made you lose anyway, so you needed a touchdown to force them to need a touchdown. I don't know. 
I can try to get inside of his head and understand what was going there. But the truth of the matter is, even if all of those things are true, he still overcompensated. And that was the problem. Davius Richard made a horrible throw, a horrible mistake and a horrible decision at the worst time that he could have. And honestly, that was after, even with everything that had happened, that really cost them the game. Yes, they got the ball back. But you are already at the 10-yard line. And of all of the times that they struggled in the red zone, that by far was the most costly mistake. And this right here, for me, when I look at South Carolina State, for South Carolina State, this was a big game. South Carolina State needed this game. The coach knew it. The players played like it. The fans felt it. They tried to rush the field before the game was even officially over. Coach P was like, I don't know how to feel. I wanted to tell them, come on, but they couldn't do it. This was the environment that we got to witness on Saturday. This was a great game. No Matter, matter of fact, this was a big game, and it felt like it from start to finish, top to bottom. And now South Carolina State has come out victorious. They are the top dog in the MEAC still. But what now? And that's the question that we're going to answer going forward with Locked on HBCU. Before we do that, I would love to tell you about Simply Safe because for less than $1, less than one George Washington every single day, you can have 24-7 monitoring. That's all day, every day. Peace of mind. For less than $1, you can have a peace of mind and know that you and your family are safe. Can I, can I stop there? I'll elaborate for you, but I think we can legitimately stop there because that's all I needed to hear. And U.S. News voted them the number one home security system in the nation. Athletes rise and fall throughout the ranks. We're going to talk about that today. But Simply Safe is always on top when it comes to being economically efficient. And then also when it comes to security. And those are two things I value highly. That's why I use Simply Safe myself. Now I want to give you a little bit of a code though, right? Because this is where this is where we really get you, right? You can get 40% off your order when you go to simplysafe.com slash locked on college, where you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. And remember, there is no safe like Simply Safe. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. I love being a part of your daily routine. We talked about this game, South Carolina State versus North Carolina Central. State just won. However, what's now? Because we still got a lot of season to go. Clearly, 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 South Carolina State is the team to beat. There's no question about it. These were the two best teams in this conference, and they faced off. I'd be a fool. Yes, I did have Central at number one. I'd be a fool if I didn't now move number two up to number one. They just beat one, right? I mean, if the number two team in the nation beats the number one team in the nation, when the rankings come out, who do you think is going to be the number one team in the nation? Just that simple. South Carolina State has earned this. South Carolina State deserves it. And they showed last year that they can have a rough start, but when it's time to kick it in, they kick it in. This might be a very similar case once again 
I'm not saying you want to go through that every year where you start roughing and heated back. You don't want to do that, but they've shown that they can do it. And I'll just say this year starting as if they are going to do it, right? So Central can still win. I mean, technically they can still win the MIAC. It's just a long shot. But I want to talk about who really is South Carolina State's competition. Can anybody steal it? Or did they knock off their only competition on Saturday? So South Carolina State, the leaders for this number one spot. Because we're going to look at every single team. They're the leaders for this number one spot. They have it. They're the new front runners. And I have to put them at number one. They earned it. Central, you're sitting at two. You're hoping that two people knock off South Carolina State. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is very unlikely. I think they have some of the slimmest odds to actually win the MEAC because they already lost to South Carolina State, and they're going to need two other teams to beat them. I just don't think that's likely. Or maybe a three-way tie. Yeah, a three-way tie would also give them some luck. So you have to either hope two teams knock off South Carolina State or you have to hope that you land in a three-way tie. Both of those feel kind of like, eh, I don't know. You know, and it has to be a three-way tie with the team that beat South Carolina State. And if I'm looking at it, everybody has a loss in the in the conference except for Howard. So you would have to hope that Howard beat South Carolina State. And you would have to hope that you beat Howard. Because otherwise, anybody else you would beat would have two losses. So yeah, that's the only odds. Those are the only odds. Two teams beat South Carolina State or Howard beat South Carolina State and you beat Howard. It's crazy. But anyway, we keep going to Howard. They haven't really looked good to start the year. They're two and five. They just got their second win. It's in conference. They just knocked off Delaware State. But they've looked rough to start the year, and I just struggle to put them as a real contender to South Carolina State. Mind you, things change, teams form, and maybe they're getting into their groove now. I mean, South Carolina State's prime example of a team that can struggle. But I just felt like they were struggling against FBS opponents like UCF, South Carolina. Like, like that's what it felt like to me. While Howard was struggling against Hampton, Alabama State. Those are the teams they were struggling against. So it's kind of hard for me to say they had a a tough out-of-state or out-of-conference schedule when the truth is they're playing teams that are on their level and they're just not competing like that, you know? So it's hard for me to then flip and say that they're going to be better than South Carolina State, but they have to groove, and they might be grooving. You look at Norfolk State, or, you know what, let's go to Delaware State and just work our way on down. Delaware State screams middle of the pack to me. For the most part, they they alternate wins and losses. They had two back-to-back wins prior to losing their last game. But for the most part, it's win-loss, win-loss. It's hard for me to feel like they're consistent enough for me to say they're going to beat South Carolina State. If South Carolina State plays the way they played on Saturday, they're going to beat a lot of teams, in my opinion. You know, Corey Fields playing that way when they need him the most, coming up with a, a touchdown drive. Yeah, they're going to they're, they're gonna beat a lot of teams and Corey Fields can be on point. Then you look at Norfolk State and, and uh, Morgan State. I think they're at the bottom of this conference. I just I just think that Morgan State had a couple of weeks where they were hot. They looked like they were putting it together. And I think they can beat anybody. I think they can play spoiler for anybody in this conference. But I don't think that they're going to play spoiler enough to win the conference, right? I don't think they're going to go from, I think they're a spoiler team, not a big dog team. That's the difference between Morgan State and, and South Carolina State to me. Morgan State is good enough, and they play this week. It wouldn't shock me if Morgan State was able to pull off the upset because I think they have that type of grit. They've shown the ability to play with people. I think that they can they can be feisty, they can be scrappy, and they can 
lose a game if you're not on your P's and Q's. Just got to make sure that you make sure that isn't you, South Carolina State. Because now we're going to shift the conversation that that happens. Not in the favor of Morgan State, but just in the case that, all right, now y'all have very little to no margin of error out there in Orangeburg. And then lastly, Norfolk State, they've looked terrible this year, man. They beat Morgan State, but I don't think that's saying much because Morgan State just hasn't been that good either. They've looked absolutely terrible this year. No way I can put them in the conversation for competitors. So when you're looking at it, I think that South Carolina State just beat their only competition for the MEAC championship. And if you ask me what now, you just win. Just win. It's yours to lose. Make sure you don't lose it. That's what now. That's what the MEAC looks like after North Carolina Central has fallen to South Carolina State. And going forward, we're going to switch gears and we're going to go to a top 10 list, our HBCU top 10 rankings from the NCAA. Before I get into that, however, I would love to tell you about our friends here at LinkedIn. They're great. Now, everybody, if you know a friend who's unemployed right now, point them in a direction. Screen record this. Send it to your friend. Tell them about LinkedIn because everybody needs to know this is an amazing tool that is nothing but beneficial. This is great. And when I look at LinkedIn, it's great for not only those who are in need of a job, but those who are in need of employees, because you can find people who are properly qualified, not find people and then find out if they're properly qualified. I already know Jody properly uh, qualified, right? I already know that Yvette is going to make sure that she's on her P's and Q's because what Yvette does lines up perfectly with what I need in a cashier or it lines up perfectly with what I need in a sales rep. So reach out to those you want to talk to faster because LinkedIn allows you to reach out to those people with the purple hashtag hiring frame. And over 40 million people visit LinkedIn every single week. So your job, your job offering is going to touch a lot of people. Now go to linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply, but you can post your job for free. As wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I want to talk about our top 10 rankings in the HBCU landscape. Typically, we only keep it at five, but I said, let's add five more and let's expand this thing, right? I think that you'll enjoy it. Like, I really thought that there was a lot of moving and shaking, so I want to make sure that we talked about it. Let's talk about the biggest movers and shakers, the biggest risers with North Carolina A&C and South Carolina State. They both went up four spots. The biggest fallers were Alcorn, who dropped seven spots. Seven. That's a big drop. That's. I think A&T might have fell more than that when they lost to North Dakota State. But this is definitely one of the biggest falls that we've seen in a single week span. They went from four to 11. So you won't hear them on this top 10 list at all, which makes sense. You dropped seven spots. It's pretty hard to stay in the top 10. And then Delaware State and North Carolina Central both dropped four. And when you look at five of these five teams... Three of them had really major results. I think Alcorn fits into the category of, I felt like their their upset loss was a major result. I could be wrong, but I felt like it was a major result. North Carolina Central, they lost to South Carolina State. They moved equal direction or equal amounts in opposite directions where the rankings kind of reflect the fact that South Carolina State is right above Central. It's South Carolina State, Central. Bulldogs, Eagles. 
no plate, no space right there. Right. They're one after another. So I thought that was a pretty good ranking. I, I, could, I could rock with that. And then Alcorn, you got to drop far. You got two losses in a row now. You just lost an upset. This wasn't a game that people thought was going to, not many people thought was going to be close, but they lost that game. You got to drop seven. And Delaware State, they also lost to Howard at Howard's homecoming. And they lost in their, I think that's their second MEAC game. So they just dropped a, a respectable four. We've seen that, you know, drop three, four. That's not crazy, but it did drop them out of the top 10, which is why I wanted to mention it. But let's get into that top 10. Jackson State is at number one. It's been one, probably will stay one for the rest of the year. Like, I, I think they're the best HBCU team. They just got to make sure they handle their business all the way throughout the year. But I think they're the best team in the HBCU landscape, period. Southern's at number two. They were at number two already, right? They had already rose after that win to Alcorn. They had already jumped uh, North Carolina Central, so there was no reason to bring them down for what? They, they won against Virginia Lynchburg. There's no reason to do that. FAMU has risen to three. That's interesting. Okay. They've risen to three. They were at five last week, but three and four did lose. Um, yes, because three was Central and four was Alcorn, so they lost. So they rise up. Prairie View rises up as well. They went from six to four. Nothing to lose their spot. And then in comes North Carolina A&T, and I've loved to see them rise. I didn't think the loss to North Dakota State should have dropped them as far as it did, but I understand. It is what it is. North Carolina Central has battled back, and they look really good. They look really good. And I'm hearing a lot of playoff talk around them as well. So fingers crossed. I hope that's the case. But that completes your top five. Now let's get into the next five, right? And I've had a lot of fun with them. South Carolina State is at six. North Carolina Central is at seven. Alabama State is at eight. Texas Southern's at nine. And Hampton's at 10. Alabama State and Texas Southern is interesting because Alabama State just beat Texas Southern about three weeks ago. And I think that's why they're on top. Because TSU just knocked off Alcorn. And if there was a reason to put them over a team that had beat them, it was that. And they did it in a really impressive way. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. I'm going to announce it again at the end of the episode. But that's our lead segment tomorrow. I'm telling you right now. Unless something big happens, that's going to be our lead segment tomorrow. Um, so that was an interesting one. Alabama State versus TSU. They both won conference games since then um jackson state got played close by alabama state so i understand why you're not going to really hold that against them but tsu has won the next two games and they beat alcorn i, I don't know i i think i would have put them at eight but i get it also i think that seven is a really solid spot for north carolina central i don't think i'm putting them below anybody that's below them but they're gonna have to step it up because they've now lost as many big time games as they won, right? Because ANC was a big win for them. Um, New Hampshire was a really big win for them. But then you lost to Campbell, and that was a big loss for you, especially the way that you lost it. And then you lost to South Carolina State. And what is perceived as kind of like the MEAC championship. That's not good. Now, I can say that beating Morgan State in your conference opener is a big deal, but the truth of the matter is, as you continue to play conference games, it just blends in. It won't be a big deal forever. I think it's a nice statement, but by the end of the year, you're not looking at that as a big-time win. You know, you're just, you're just not. So you're really like a 2-2, two 3-2 two, two if you want to give them the credit I tried to give that Morgan State game. But you're looking at 2-2, two two, honestly. It's not looking good for you. 
Um, and then Hampton at 10, I think they stay here for one more week. Unless they get really embarrassed next week in a team like, I don't know, it's going to be hard because 8 plays 3, so Alabama State plays Alabama A&M, or 13, excuse me. Then you look at 7, and North Carolina Central plays Delaware State at 12. Alcorn could jump up their spot depending on how bad they lose. So they might retain it for one more week, but I don't think they're going to be here for long. They're going to have to pick it up in the CAA, but... That'll be something interesting. I would really love to see where Hampton's going to be next week because they're right there at 10, and they've been steadily dropping since being in the new conference. Can't wait to see how it goes down. But we will be here to break it down next week, I promise you, and I will talk about where Hampton is. If they are still in the top 10, if they won this game, they'll definitely be there. But I'll talk about if they're going to be in the top 10 next week when those rankings drop on Monday morning. Now, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day I decided that Texas Southern didn't need to share the spotlight with this monumental MEAC matchup. I think they deserve their own lead segment. So that's what we're going to open up tomorrow's episode with unless something major pops up and something changes. Unless that happens, we're talking about TSU. So I'll see you tomorrow. And I appreciate you for making us your first listen for your second listen of the day. Make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports today. They have all of the information that you need all across the nation. You're never going to hear the same voice twice in a week, but you might hear my voice every now and then. So go ahead and check it out and and support the show. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.